0: show guy monday morning coffee for november 13th 2017 uh, thanks for joining me i'm tim patterson i'm trade show guy uh, owner of trade show guy exhibits a project management exhibit company based in salem oregon also the author of trade show success 14 proven steps to take your trade show marketing to the next level. And of course, my blog is at tradeshowguyblog.com. If you're listening to the audio version of this, uh, you may not know about the blog, but if you're on the blog, you already know about it when you're watching the video or you're listening to the audio. So either way, uh, thanks. Happy to bring you this week an interview with uh, speaker, writer, trainer, consultant, Roger Corville of Event Builders. Roger and I get up to a number of things in our conversation, uh, talking about bringing value, uh, making connections. Uh, broadcasting versus conversations how to strike up a great conversation and much more and here is how it went welcome to trade show guy monday morning coffee i've got roger corville from event builders on the line roger it's a pleasure to speak with you i appreciate your time this morning
1: tim the pleasure is mine happy uh, happy monday
0: Yes, we apparently are fellow Oregonians for the time being. I don't know where, you're, where you grew up, but uh, you're in you're in Saint Helens area now, uh, out of Portland, and I'm down south of Portland in Salem. So,
1: and I just tell people Portland because they figure they know where that is. But they know where yeah, that I've is. Been Portland since the late '70s, so it's wow. as Oregonian as they come.
0: Well, let's see. I lived in Portland uh, as a as a radio jock for uh, eleven years, from like '83 to '94, before kind of escaping and moving back to Salem. So, uh, I know Portland very well. Love Portland. It's a great city. So, oh, well, Oregon's uh, a great state. So, so uh, tell me a little bit about what you're doing. We talked kind of in the green room there about uh, uh, event builders and what you're, what you're also doing. Uh, you're a guitarist. I like that. So, Yep.
1: yep <laughs> so, uh, don't go anywhere without You pick. do
0: a lot of public speaking. You did that for, for 10 years. You know, I spent uh, 10 years as a Toastmaster and did some contests and things along the way, and I have spoken at events. It's not something I really look to do, but obviously you did that as a career for a while. I, I'm curious to know a little bit more about that.
1: I did. Well, you know, at heart, I'm a teacher. And so, in fact, it all kind of fits into the same bucket. In 1999, I accidentally got a job in the conferencing industry, which audio conferencing became web conferencing, became video conferencing, right? And that's where that's the fundamental technology that makes webinars and webcasts and that kind of thing possible. And I I mean, it was a complete accident that I ended up in the industry. But what I found Remember, this is right back as we're getting into the dot com, the ooh, bubble, and all
0: that stuff. Right, yes. all
1: that kind of stuff. Right, so we're riding high. IBM was our largest client, but what was it really interesting? Is I figured out that our value proposition had a we had a very real business value proposition about how we p- help people connect and communicate and collaborate. It wasn't just I moved my grocery store online and you should throw a billion dollars <laughs> at me, right? So, uh, so I, I literally started studying seminars, and I bought every book I could find, which were all about in-person seminars at the time, and started studying how do we promote seminars, how do we present at webinars, seminars, right, and then I wrote one of the first two books in the whole world, the, on the world of webinars, and, and here we are how many years later. So that process of being a teacher took me into the, down the path of being the speaker, being a you know, trainer, coach, consultant, wrote multiple books, did a bunch of consulting for people in the webinar industry, and inevitably that blended to, you know, ended up where I'm at now, which was with Event Builder, which is a virtual event production company, which handles the, the parts of people's portfolio, of communications portfolio that happens to be online, right? Because no, no, nobody's here to say we should get rid of trade shows. Right. That's, that's stupid, right? Um, it's, 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 another tool in the tool bag.
0: Exactly. And I've always thought that no matter how digital we go with anything, uh, there's so much value in face to face that that will never go away. And yep. in fact, after the recession, nine, 10 years ago, uh, you know, it, it, it really hit a lot of the shows and a yes. few of them went away, but certainly the ones that are in industries that people are, uh, finding valuable, it, they're growing and, and there is a lot of value, to uh being face to face so we talked also a little bit about uh, how to bring value to those attendees what kind of things from your perspective uh are you looking at
1: can i get theoretical on you just for well like, i guess and if you and gotta I, and a pro- <laughs> <laughs> exactly that and everyone bucks. has a theory right <laughs> <laughs> exactly that four bucks will get you a triple <laughs> foofy auto at starbucks yeah um well you know what it comes back to the medium theory which is that the, that the medium tr- the, it's called the medium theory or the transmission theory of communication which is that the medium through which we connect and communicate transforms the sending and receiving of signal and that 's kind of a no duh right it's different right. when I'm on the telephone when as opposed to when you and I are on video right here versus when we're face to face and I think the the lesson that comes out of that is that we need to get really clear about what is unique and powerful about each and every medium, right? We don't say I don't ever write something down in Microsoft word because I use the telephone, but somehow we, we, the, the, you know, we say, well, trade shows, webinars—they're close enough, and webinars are really like the, you know, the redheaded stepchild of the trade show industry. And and, and the answer is no—it's a—it's a different medium for a different time and a place. But remember how newspapers really found themselves struggling with the advent of the internet, right? And some of them went oh, out yes. of
0: business.
1: Yeah. Some of them reinvented their business model, and some of them went. Oh, what is unique about actually having a physical piece of paper? There are still paper. Newspapers, right? Yes, right. And so there was a transformation where people had to either figure out who they are. And I think the same is true with was with true with trade shows, right? Comdex goes from tw- you know twenty thousand people in in Las Vegas, and now we don't do that anymore. But they got more targeted, and people went, "Oh, what is unique and powerful and irreplaceable about about that face to face experience?" And the same is true for webinars. There's things we can do virtually that we can't do in person. There's things we can do in person that we can't do virtually.
0: So you've obviously spoken at trade shows over the years. So from your perspective as a speaker there, so that's on the education side, as opposed to on the trade show floor side, there are certainly speakers that do presentations in booths that are, as a whole different thing, they're trying to draw right. a crowd and l- generate leads and that sort of thing. So what was your experience as a speaker and what kind of things did you do and, and, and learn along that route?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, as a speaker, that's either, you know, keynote front, front, front-to-front-of-the-room kind of thing or some kind of a breakout. But one of the things that has transformed, especially in the last, I don't know, 10, 12 years for me, is an increasing sense of saying, how do I as a speaker participate in value creation for the person who's hosting the conference or the trade show, which, which means that increasingly that has been getting away from show up and throw up, right? I walk on stage, I'm fabulous for 30 minutes, and I'm gone it just is, is an increasingly small paradigm as opposed to, can I show up in advance? Can I sit at a special lunch table? Um, can I sign books? Can I, right. um, Can I? is there something special that I can do? I've, I've done tech booths in a hallway where it's like after the show between one and three, Roger's going to be over here to answer additional questions for you, right? So I mean, this question is, how can we get creative? to create value for the people that are taking some of their precious time and money to come to your event.
0: Yeah, and I've been to events where they've had uh, name speakers, like a Tony Robbins is the keynote speaker, and everybody knows who that is, or, or Gary Vaynerchuk. Most people right. know who Gary is these days. Uh, I saw him speak uh, online uh, years ago. I had no idea who the guy was, and he came out. to share this quick story uh, because he came out, and I thought, who is this guy in, in ratty jeans and a T-shirt that <laughs> – Drop an uh, Yeah, out. exactly. <laughs> it's exactly what he does. But he was totally passionate about what he did, and I understand the attraction. Uh, I, I don't. It doesn't do a lot for me, but I understand the attraction to something like that because I think yeah. he, he's very smart and he knows his audience really well, and I think that's very key as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think that you just you just brought out I think something that's worth commenting on, which I th- I think some meeting planners or event planners struggle with which is what's the value of celebrity, right? right. I put somebody yeah. on stage and some somebody's a draw because it's, right. you know, they used to be the president of something or whatever. Um, what's the value of content yeah. versus experience? Back to what we were just talking about, right? Um, increasingly, I can find content, meaning educational content, in a lot of places. I don't have to go to the trade show to get it, right? Right. So now the question becomes, how do we create unique value? And I, I mean, personally, I'm like, I love the kinds of shows that have increased the amount of time between sessions for networking, uh, have even incorporated purposeful ways of saying it's not just about the people who are on stage. It's about how do we connect peer to peer people with purpose? Because that might be what where I meet you in the hallway while we're both you know, getting a treat yeah and, exactly and, and, and something happens there and, and that's the face
0: and, to face yeah
1: right yep and so, that happens uh, when you and I have time to connect as opposed to I'm grabbing a a cookie and a drink and I'm off to the next session
0: right right and connector connecting is obviously very important to you because you name one of your i don't know if it's a company or something the connectorship. Uh, so obviously connection is very important and, and how do you create connection? a lot of people are not good at it, I would think, uh, and so uh, obviously you you've Come from a place where you've had some some uh, you know good luck or good experience doing that, good results.
1: Well, and since my professional speaking career had a unique turn, which was two thirds of my work was online. Right, I'm speaking a hundred times a year, and that's thirty trade shows and seventy times in webinars, webcasts, and whatever. Uh, I've traveled the world as an in person speaker and done it another 17 three times yeah. uh, virtually but <laughs> but that's a quick that's a question right and to me uh, i'll share with you just my one of my own biases for the online thing which is the difference between publication and conversation and most webinars are functionally like publication meaning it's most of them have the same interactivity as a youtube video which is a big fat bumpkus right right uh, and And that's like publishing stuff. And publishing stuff does not cut through in a world of short attention in a way that conversation does. And how do we connect and communicate? Generally, it's by me asking you a question and going, Tim, how are you? How's the weather? What's most important to you when?
0: There's a book I picked up recently about...
1: Go ahead. I was
0: going to say, there's a book I picked up recently about how to ask good questions. And this is from a sales perspective, but I think questions are are very important. So you kind of made me want to go down that bunny trail, but we don't have to go too far. Uh, (laughs) But I think, you know, that that is important. In other words, when you're, you know, when you're in an elevator with someone, people always talk about the weather because they don't want to talk about anything else. It's like, oh boy, it's sunny today. Oh boy, some snows out. So weather is a common, but it's a starting
1: place. Right.
0: And and so you know how can you go from there to valuable questions that that create value and and show that connectorship from on a different level?
1: Yes, uh, an acronym that I learned a bunch of years ago was FORM F O R M Family Occupation Recreation Money. Okay, right, which is you know, hey, do you have kids? Or I mean, you got obviously you, everything's got to be careful in context, right? But whether that's about family or personal personal connections or, or what do you do for a living? Or I, I like to say, how do you keep yourself busy during the day instead of saying, what do you do for work or or something like that? Right. Or how do you keep, you know, what do you do for fun? Um, but for me, I think a, when it coming back to the world of events to me, that actually comes back to what is that speaker and audience member relationship, and oftentimes there's very few times when the keynote speaker in the past sense of just being the sage on the stage who does all the talking, there's very few times when that is the primary form of value creation relative to connection where conversation is happening, yeah and whether, whether that's a trainer or facilitator who, in a breakout session, is doing more facilitation than speaking. <laughs> Right. But more hands-on application than just pushing more PowerPoint slides and talking.
0: Yeah. And I've been in some sessions where you just kind of go, okay, I know this. I, I kind of know this. I, know this. I know this. And then there are some, you go, oh my God, they're, they're just this, this hose of stuff. That's it's filling your brain with stuff that you can't get it down uh, fast enough. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, and that just comes from the experience perspective where you are, where they are has all sorts of fun stuff. I like to question, by the way, uh, what's your livelihood?
1: Oh, that yeah. is a great question.
0: I heard that actually in a locker room once. A couple of <laughs> old guys talking, and one guy says to the other, What's your livelihood? And because they obviously hadn't met, you know, and I thought, I, and I remember that. So it's yeah. kind of like, uh, you know, what do you do for work? What, what do you do during the day? That sort of thing. But what's your livelihood is more specific, but also it doesn't ask, what, What's your job? Who do you work yeah. for? You know, so yeah. yeah.
1: Anyway. Right. How about uh, Roger? Uh, go ahead. Uh, it was just a variation. What brings you joy? What which for know? some people could be work or livelihood, but some people. Yeah. May or, yeah. yeah. And Playing the drums that. all day. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: Roger, I'm going to catch you loose. We've been talking a long time. We could talk forever, but I, I think 10 or 15 yeah. minutes was all I really wanted. It's a pleasure to meet you. And so if people want to track you down, what's the best way to do that?
1: Well, you're going to appreciate this as a musician. So event builder, just those two words, words—dot uh-huh. rocks. So oh. believe it or not, if you go to eventbuilder.com, it'll end up at my company's website and you'll see my team. Um, but literally, actually, what it'll do is it'll forward you to eventbuilder.rocks, which is actually also a suffix out there on the <laughs> web because we had a bunch of musicians who uh, who happen to work with us.
0: Very good. Very awesome. good. Well, since we're not that far away, we'll have to figure out a way to jam sometime. Just make it, make it happen. Who knows? In person. There's In a person, crazy idea. Yes. What a crazy <laughs> idea. Roger, it's a pleasure to meet you. Thanks again.
1: Likewise. Thanks, Tim.
0: Thanks again to Roger Corville of Event Builders. As uh, he mentioned, go to eventbuilders.rocks uh, to find him. This week's trade show tip of the week comes thanks to uh, Camelback Displays in Spring, Texas. I have found a fun list on their blog. The list is called uh, 20 Top Trade Show Marketing Ideas. I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but I'll put the link in uh, my show notes. Uh, but I have a few, and I like that they used uh, quotes to kind of lead into each section. Uh, for instance, uh, in the section called Break the Rules, they have a quote from Rod Serling. Being like everybody is the same as being nobody. So, have you ever been driving at night and noticed the car behind you had no lights on? Uh, depending on the road, most cars will look invisible. The same thing happens at trade shows if your exhibit looks like all of the neighboring booths. It's important to uh, stand out, look unique, and have impact so that your display pulls in people and therefore brings in sales leads. So, uh, another one. Be uh, Be smart. Do the basics and a quote from Hamlet in this one. uh, Though this be madness, yet there is method in it. Uh, You've heard it all before, uh, but there is a reason you've heard it before. Take care of all the things you need to do for pre-show during the show and post-show. It will pay off. Uh, Plan your exhibit way ahead of the deadline. And think about other trade shows you may adapt it for. You may find that your most important show needs to utilize an island exhibit, but there are smaller events later in the year that need something smaller. So why not save time and energy by planning for both? Now, uh, some components of the island may work for an inline booth if you plan for it. So there you go. Uh, Here's another one. From Chief Communications Officer Uhuru. Uh, hailing on all frequencies our <laughs> star trek is coming up here dust off your email blast list your target prospect list your client list your employee list your mom's favorite recipe list and get to work letting everyone you know who needs to know about your grand marketing plan of exhibiting at the next trade show so there's one so just tell everybody broadcasting on all frequencies uh, macgyver says if you got something to say you should say it or it's just going to tear you up inside Uh, plan collateral, marketing material, update your business cards, develop a social media plan, add show information to the website, buy ad space in the show guide, set up lead capture. So all of this stuff, make sure you get through it all. And finally, Mick Jagger, his quote is, anything worth doing is worth overdoing. (laughs) So tie it all together. Uh, for the day of the show, it is important to be consistent. Business cards and brochures need to be up to date with the same look. People need to work the booth. Who can do what is needed? You know, like smiling all day and being in a good mood and, and greeting people and having a good time. And the team has to look and work like a team. That means dressing for the event, whether it's casual Friday clothes uh, or logo shirts and caps. Decide what offers you're using on show day and tie in it, uh, tie in it, tie to it in social media, your website, and marketing handouts. Have a plan ready. For organizing and storing leads, number one, uh, it's smart to figure out what to do with your smartphone. There's ways to do that. Take orders, do proposals. If you have a website that's being used as a sales tool, be prepared to use a laptop, a tablet, or even your phone to present information. Uh, So anyway, make a plan for any important sales prospects or clients that you know are attending Trade shows are also a good time to do short, impromptu surveys or give product demonstrations. So thanks to Camelback Displays again for that nice piece from their blog. Again, you'll find the link in our show notes to the entire post. So this week's uh, one good thing. I've been trying to figure this one out. I I like the band Noise Shaper, and I've been listening to a lot of them lately. A band that formed, I think, in the late 90s, early 2000s uh, out of Berlin, although they didn't form there. That's where their home is. Uh, Mostly reggae, but modern is Opposed to Rootsie, a lot of electronic music, dub music, all fun stuff. They're mainly a duo from Berlin, but uh, always bringing outside musicians and singers to add to the mix. So, Noise Shaper, I think they have like five albums out. The last one was still quite some time ago. They may not be a happening thing anymore, but uh, they had some great stuff out there. So, that's it for this week. Thanks for joining me on the Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. (laughs)